Hi, I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings, or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this, like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Roger's Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent you. Ciao. I'm Owen Wilson. It's not a great Owen Wilson voice. No, but you always have to Everyone tries to do an Owen Wilson voice, though, right? He's one of those guys. It's true. Everyone tries to do a Christopher Walken. Everyone tries to do maybe a De Niro. Everyone tries to do an Owen Wilson. Everyone tries to do Owen Wilson. I don't know about you. When I'm trying to do an Owen Wilson, I sort of close my eyes and I don't twist my nose, but I just imagine it being really broken. And then I try to talk. <laughs> wow. Wow. The factory wow, is guys. great. Oh, man. Look at the oh. orange guys working hard. Wow. Oh, wow. Owen look Wilson at, at the chocolate factory. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture, rebel and a man are gonna teach their dads, Phil and Bill, and if they're willing, if they're willing to. Hop on, pop culture, hop on, pop culture, hop on, pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask their kids about books and movies and TV shows, and those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're gonna hop talk about a movie or something let's talk about a movie or something yeah let's get away from it let's let's get away from all of the stuff we've had a hell of a week you and i both separately just like hell of a week leading up to this so let's just let's let's leave it all up there it's all up there in the, in the living room in the kitchen or the driveway wherever you want to put it yeah and here in the basement our respective basements yeah this is a chill zone let's chill we are here now. What are you guys watching? Well, Phil, I got one word for you. Kachow. Is that one word or is that two? Is it like is it a hyphenated word? Kachow. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. 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 I thought you were just going to say cars, <laughs> which also would have been one word and not had the controversy of a hyphen. <laughs> See, I was trying to be clever and casual and, you know, let us dive into it in a different way. But no, we're talking about cars. Let's talk about cars. 
Okay, let's talk about cars. Let's talk Disney about Pixar. cars. Disney Pixar, yeah. Disney Pixar 2008? 2006. 2006. 2006. Oh, that's right. It's the final yeah. Pixar movie before they were officially acquired by Disney. Exactly. But they also, because of that, they held off the opening a few weeks for the Pixar merger or acquisition by Disney to be finalized. So it was supposed to come out, I don't know when, sometime in 2006, and they waited a little while. I thought you said it did come out in 2006. Oh, yeah. No, no it did. Just later in 2006. Then, oh, okay. Like, they waited like a month. They made the movie on their own. They got bought by the Big Fish, and then they waited until the Big Fish completely had them in their grip to release the movie because then that way the Disney got to make money off of the thing that they already bought that now mm-hmm. yeah okay I can see why Disney would want to do that. Yeah it makes sense. Dollar signs I mean, again. Yeah. Always always money. Always money. Always money. Let's talk about cars. So 2006 what were we doing in 2006? Uh, I was a freshman in college, and you were a senior in high school, and I don't think either of us particularly want to talk about that. <laughs> Probably not. I was going to say, I started college in 2006. That's what we were doing, and we missed it, I'm assuming. Did you see it when it first came out? I did not see cars in theaters. I didn't see cars until many years after it had already been out. Same here. Let me take you back to September of 2022. In September of 2022... I was directing at the College of Lake County, and I was directing a bunch of 20-year-olds who heard that we were doing this podcast as we were about to launch. And all three of them in this show asked me one thing. When are you going to talk about cars? Was that top of mind of the, for them? Yes. When they thought back on their childhoods, cars was what they thought about. The first thing they asked was, hey, has Malcolm watched Cars yet? And I said, no. And they said, well, when are you going to let him watch it? When are you going to talk about it? Yeah, why are you holding out on Cars on him, Dylan? I don't know. Don't you know how seminal this is in the formation of a youthful mind? Well, I found out now, but I, I think it goes back to something we talked about earlier. Like, I have a problem with Pixar for whatever reason. I've just never been the person who's watched it. You know, like as an adult, I just was like, well, is that the same as having a problem? I mean, isn't that more like you have abstained from Pixar? You've had a disinterest. So I I have been totally disinterested. Is your opinion just are you really are cynical? We talked about frog and toad dynamics. You really are the grumpy one compared to me. I am. And the thing is, I saw Toy Story in theaters. And that was the end of my Pixar experience. There are still some Pixar movies I've never seen. I've never seen Up. I've never seen A Bug's Life. Bro. Seen, I know, I know. I just rewatched Finding Nemo for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years. That was the thing. It's like the only Pixar movie outside of Toy Story. I don't think I've ever seen Toy Story 2 now that I think about it. So the only one I had seen and enjoyed was Inside Out, which I still love. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. I, it is, as an adult, it is one of my favorite movies. And it's not even one that Mal's really into, but I, I am always pushing to watch it. I love it. It is great. After all these college students were like, yeah, Cars, go watch Cars. Shortly thereafter, Mal became obsessed with Cars. Oh, it's like they willed it into existence. And I didn't know how it happened. I just assumed Amy had showed it to him. But we found out my mother had actually showed it to him. 
And that was his introduction to it, is watching it with grandma. I feel like your mom has slipped Mal several different introductions now to various <laughs> pop culture things. Pooh Bear and Cars. And from the moment he watched it, it has now become the most prominent thing in our household. Was this recently? Nine months ago. Oh, yeah. Because you said as of like in September, you talked about it. Yeah. But so you've had to watch it on repeat for a while. Yeah. For about nine months. Oh, my God. Nine months of watching primarily cars on repeat. Oh, yeah. And and it's getting to the point now where not only are we watching it, when he is playing, he is quoting the movie. Oh, I love that. I love it when they do that. all his toys, you know. So like and for a while, he was just saying Kerchow uh, just randomly. Kerchow. Yeah, like all the time, which was great. Very fun. But also like as he has been, as we've been giving him potty prizes and stuff, what we've been giving him is little die cast cars minis that go in a big uh, Max, the trailer. They go and they get held inside of those. So it's really cool. They're really well made. But those, you know. it's been nine months and here we are and we know everything about cars now we have watched it so often we have listened to the soundtrack on repeat we know all the characters names we know everything about it it seems like i don't know we'll see if i know everything about it but all right well rebel got into it a while back and i know that we've watched a lot of it and i've also watched the sequels and i have watched every single cars short on disney plus and i gotta say some of them are actually really good oh yeah that's the thing I, I think the movie's great. <laughs> like, What is your favorite thing about the movie Cars? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, right now, it's the Sheryl Crow song that opens it. Shut Up and Drive? Real Gone. That's what it's called. Real Gone. Real Gone. Yeah, it is a bop. It is so good. That is the thing that I love right now. It's just a great song. So right now, that's my favorite. What is your favorite thing about Cars? Yeah, I'm just having, what's that effect? The, like, you have it with the Flintstones and the... Deja Vu? No, um, it's like uh, you remember something differently than it actually is. Oh, uh, FOMO. FOMO? Fear of missing out? No, no, no. no, no. I'm just kidding. I, anyway, I don't know. What yeah, no, that song, yeah. that song, that song is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I do love that. And I was, I was conflating that with a different Cheryl Crow song. Man, I love personally, uh, my favorite thing about this is uh the, the the clever in some ways voice casting. Oh, absolutely. I did not realize how good the voice casting was in this movie until even today. There was people who I was like, oh, I didn't know they were in that. Cars stars first and foremost, Owen Wilson. Ciao. I'm Owen. It's not a great Owen Wilson voice. No, but you always have to. Everyone tries to do an Owen Wilson voice, though, right? He's one of those guys. It's true. Everyone tries to do a Christopher Walken. Everyone tries to do maybe a De Niro. Everyone tries to do an Owen Wilson. Everyone tries to do Owen Wilson. I don't know about you. When I'm trying to do an Owen Wilson, I sort of close my eyes and I don't twist my nose, but I just imagine it being really broken. And then I try to talk. (laughs) <laughs> wow wow factory wow, is great oh man look at oh. the orange guys working hard wow oh, oh wow Owen look at Wilson that at the chocolate factory oh you know i'm a famous race car driver and i just uh i like to do that so larry the cable guy who inspired choice the dude really embodies the mater character in a way that i don't see anyone else doing exactly and owen wilson also yeah great choice you got that uh relaxed california not worried about anything when maybe I probably should be. 
Oh, totally. That type of way of speaking. I mentioned that sometimes the casting was clever. Yes. So the announcer in Cars for the Piston Cup on broadcast in the movie is a character named Bob Cutlass, who is voiced by real-life sports commentator Bob Costas. Mm-hmm. And the king, the race car that uh, everyone is trying to beat, he's the reigning champ at the beginning of the movie. He is who Blightning McQueen aspires to be at the beginning of this movie. Uh, he is voiced by real-life NASCAR driver Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Is Tom Petty a real? Am I getting that right? Or am I getting that wrong? And he's actually a country music star. And I just... Not Tom Petty. Richard Petty. Tom Petty is a musician. But Richard Petty is the race car driver. Oh, okay, good. I did get that right. And Dale <laughs> so... Earnhardt Jr. is in there, too. Uh, there's a bunch of other... Yeah. Mario Andretti and Michael Schumacher. Yeah, all these famous... Ra- Jay Leno is in it as as uh, Jay Limo, I think his character's name is. I think you're right. Yeah. And that's a great one because Jay Leno just loves cars. He loves so cars. Much. But also in the first movie, you have Paul Newman in his final film role playing the voice of Doc Hudson. It was. It was also his highest grossing film of his career. And he said that it was the best work that he had done since like 1986. Probably true. He's incredible in this movie. You also have Cheech Marin playing. Oh, I love him. I know. And I knew he was in it. I thought he played the stoner character. Fillmore. No, that's George Carlin. But that's George Carlin. And that was George Carlin's like last big film role. And yeah. it was also George Carlin's biggest grossing movie. Exactly. So you have George Carlin. You have Cheech Marin playing a character named Ramon. You have Tony Shalhoub playing the Italian. I love Tony Shalhoub. Is Tony Shalhoub from Wisconsin? He's from Green Bay. So not just Wisconsin, but our neck of the woods. He plays the Italian car Luigi who owns a tire shop. And then you have other actors that... I'm going to say their names. You might not know what they've done, but people like Paul Dooley, who plays Sarge and Paul Dooley has done so much over the years. But the thing I know him most from is the dad in 16 Candles. But you also have Jennifer Lewis, who's a Broadway star who plays Flo. Oh, yeah, she's great. You have Bonnie Hunt, who is a famous voice actor who does Sally. She did a bunch of stuff over the years, too. But she's also one of those people that you just... You see her, you recognize her, but you might not know her name. And, oh, Michael Keaton is in it, too. Oh, Michael Keaton, yeah. He's the he's the antagonistic race car who wins the Piston Cup. Chick Hicks. Chick Hicks. Chick Hicks. And he's the one voice that when I was watching it, I couldn't place. I was like, I know, I know who you are, but I can't place it. He is a national treasure. Can I tell you my two favorite yeah, little please. cameo voices in there? It's the the two vans that are going through Radiator Springs. Yeah. Everyone is like way too into trying to get them to stay and help. And mm-hmm. uh, then they see Lightning McQueen and they think everyone's insane. They lock the doors and drive away really quick. Uh, it was Richard Kind and E. McClurg. Yes. Richard Kind is another one. He's been in everything and you might not recognize him. He's the he's an inside out. He's the voice of the imaginary friend. Yes, he is. And then Edie McClurg has been in everything from, she's the uh, school secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. She's in planes, trains, and automobiles. She's the car rental agent. Like, yeah, she's been in everything. Yeah, two incredible comic geniuses. But then, most importantly, maybe, is John Ratzenberger, who has been in almost every Pixar movie that has ever existed. Just about everyone. Oh, man, yeah. I can't remember which movie broke his streak, but... And in fact, in a post-credit scenes in this movie, they joke about it. I love this post-credit scene you're talking about. We're at the drive-in movie theater. Yeah, they're at a drive-in movie theater, and they keep playing clips from previous Pixar movies with him as the voice. Yeah, they did Toy Story, they did Monsters Inc., and they did uh, a Bug's, Bug's Life. Life. 
and they he keeps commenting on like what a great actor that guy is and then by the end he's like wait they're just using the same voice for all these movies what a ripoff <laughs> so mad. oh i love that yeah yeah it is solid stuff so they take this absolutely stacked voice cast and they give us uh they give us a story of you know a hero's journey is it would you say oh absolutely basic plot mcqueen is new race car who is winning the piston cup and he is potentially going to be the first race car the first uh new freshman race car to ever rookie that's the word i was looking the new the first yeah rookie, rookie you forgot about the rookie, yeah it's yeah. like what is that word the first rookie race car to ever win the piston cup in history now i don't know a lot about racing uh or nascar or stuff mm-hmm. like that but i do i do know like just a couple of like little weird things i have no idea how i know and one nice little detail that they get in this first movie uh, when Lightning McQueen is racing in the Piston Cup, uh, he is still a rookie, so he's got a yellow stripe on the back of his yeah. car. Well, yeah. like, it's not his car. He is the car. He he's is the car. yellow stripe on his ass, and that's how you know he's new. During this race, he is about to win, and he blows a tire because he has refused help from his pit crew. So in order to cross the finish lines, his hubris has caused him to blow a tire. And it ends in a tie. It ends in a three-way tie between McQueen, Chick Hicks, and, and the, the King. King. And they all Who's not are going Petty. to... No, not... Who's in fact, Richard Petty. <laughs> Richard Petty, the famous race car driver. And so they all have to go race in the Piston Cup. Oh, and we forgot two other voiceover actors. But I'm talking about the Car Talk guys from NPR. Oh, that's right. They're the easy rust guys. They're the two guys sponsoring him before he hits it big. They sponsor Lightning McQueen. Even get their catchphrase in there. Like, don't drive like my brother. Yeah, it's great. On his way to California to compete in this Piston Cup, Lightning McQueen falls off the back of his Mack truck while he's sleeping. I love that the Mack truck is named Mack. Mac. Also, I love that scene with the lowriders like, with going the low around r- it. Oh, yeah, I know. It's great. He lifts up the big subwoofers and just plays like a really, really soothing music. It's great. So Lightning McQueen is in the middle of nowhere because he is a race car. He doesn't have headlights in the middle of the night. So he is driving around trying to find his way back to the interstate and catch up with his Mack truck driver and ends up getting pulled over in a small town called Radiator Springs. Not exactly pulled over. I mean, he, he hears the he sees the siren. The cop car has like he like coughs and like backfires, so he thinks he's being shot at. Yeah, pedal to the metal, no headlights, winds up causing tons of property damage. Wakes up the next morning and is in an impound lot, and that is where he meets Larry the Cable Guy, who is playing the role of Mater. And Mater, a tow truck with a heart of probably iron. I don't know. Yeah, maybe whatever. Whatever is in a car, McQueen as punishment for wrecking up this town is put in charge of repaving main street in town and long story short while he's there he slowly starts to fall in love with this town even though he's supposed to getting be getting back to the piston cup lots of adventures ensue and then just as he's kind of turned the town around and given it a new coat of paint he is found by the national media who has all been looking for him and he gets taken back to California to compete in the Piston Cup. Spoiler alert, with the Piston Cup, he's doing poorly. And all of a sudden, 
his friends from Radiator Springs come and join him and are cheering him on. And the judge, the head of the town, the mayor who was in Radiator Springs, it turns out, was a famous race car all along and is coaching him, is being his pit chief and allows him to catch up and almost win the race. And just as he's about to cross the finish line, the king crashes. And rather than win the Piston Cup, he... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. Rather than win the Piston Cup, he pushes the king over the finish line so that he can at least finish his last race. Very touching story. It's a very touching story. Goes from being uh, blinded by his hubris and hobbled by it, and then complete change from selfish to understanding the teamwork is necessary to understanding the victory is not the only thing which is a complete 180 from where he is at the beginning of the movie yes so you know solid solid story structure on that let's go back to the courtroom though because i like that scene a lot we get introduced to most of the characters in that one yeah and uh the judge slash mayor is paul newman fantastic performance uh i mean the voice acting in this movie is, is spot on the animation is super solid uh, it was. It's still, I think, one of Pixar's best, you know, movies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah visually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, apparently, it took somewhere along the lines of like seventeen processing hours per frame really? for the movie to render everything that they had built. Oh, I can believe it. I mean, yeah, it is yeah. so detailed. I have no idea how you even go about making a movie like this. It's it's insane. I know. I don't even think they do it like this anymore. I mean, this is the early, still relatively early in the Pixar universe. I mean, I'm sure they do it completely differently now. You know, this movie Those have to update. Yeah, you yeah. got it. You get better. You learn yeah, new but, stuff. You innovate. This Pixar movie looks totally different than so many of the other ones that came after. And the voice so, acting, like I said, the characters really feel embodied. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, I completely forget that he's labeled. I mean, he does nothing to change his voice. He does nothing to change his cadence, his natural rhythm. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just him being himself and is in the character that is Larry the Cable Guy. And, but I completely ignore that and I'm able to focus on like, man, Mater is an entirely complete character. Yeah, the Hudson Hornet is a completely exactly uh, real in, in full character, and like those two juggernauts doing such amazing jobs, and everyone else supporting them is doing a great job too. Yeah, uh, this is a movie that I find it's really easy to actually get into. Oh, completely. I mean, that's the thing is when you know going back to when Mal first watched it. I walked in after working and he was watching it and it was halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, what is this? You know, I just, because I had never seen it, never sat down and watched it. And I was so engrossed in it that rather than turning it off and turning off TV time, I just sat and finished the movie with him. And then the next day went back and started it over so I could see the beginning. I was like, this is good. I really like this. You liked it so much. You went back and rewatched it yourself. Yes, exactly. Which doesn't happen too often with kids movies so the fact that i did that it's a solid film it really is so many really cool details all throughout the movie beautifully made um there's some adult jokes too in there like uh the twins flashing their high beams they flashed oh yeah in, you know yeah like that they go cow tipping at one point but it's tractors all the cows are actually tractors yeah, but but I mean it's it's yeah it's interesting. They are they are vehicles. They mm -hmm. they drink oil. Uh, they, if they if they leak oil, that's like pissing your pants to them. 
which is a plot point in Cars 2. Oh, is it? Oh, interesting. Cars 2, dude, Dylan, Cars 2 is basically just a giant James Bond parody. Keep pushing Mal to watch Cars 2 and 3 because I'm interested to see what happens. But, and also because I'm, I mean, I love, Cars 1 is great, but I'd like to move on. I'd like to see I something. All, I mean, yeah, Cars, Cars 1, great, fantastic, redemption arc. We love it. Yeah. Solid story, everything. Cars 2, James Bond style parody. Cars 3 does what Toy Story 4 does, yeah. which is uh, forces the main protagonist to confront the fact that he is aging and yeah. uh, his role in life is going to change and how yeah. he struggles with that. So I like that one. That one's interesting. And then the yeah. shorts are really fun. See, that seems solid to me, but I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there with him. One of my other uh, dad friends Ed, was telling me that his son uh, prefers to be called Lightning McQueen instead of his own name. Uh, and he was also saying, I hate Cars 2, but I love Cars 3. You know, that's actually a pretty common opinion from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean... Cars 2 is a Mater movie. Mater is the main character of Cars 2. Lightning McQueen is an ancillary character. Which is interesting, and I think that's probably why some people have a problem with it. If you don't like Mater as a character, uh, or if you don't think he can hold his own story, then that makes I think he holds it great. I think Larry the Cable Guy does some of his best acting work in Cars 2. I agree. I agree. I I don't like Larry the Cable Guy, but in this series of movies, he's incredible. Okay, so Phil... In addition to what we were talking about earlier, so I just found out that this soundtrack for the movie is the highest grossing Pixar soundtrack of all time. And it's what? actually been certified platinum. Platinum? Yeah. Okay, what kind of hits we got on there? We talked about uh, what, Gone Ready? Yeah, uh, Real Gone. Real Gone. Real Gone. That's which, I'm which never was gonna remember the... that. But Real Gone by Sheryl Crow starts it off. It's a good one. And it's then she a also Shut Up and Drive song. is in there too, right? It it is not. No, it is oh, not it's in not. this. No, it's not. The so the only Sheryl Crow song is this Real Gone. But that was released as the second single from the album. What's the first single? The first single was Rascal Flatts cover of Life is a Highway. Oh, yeah. And that was used to great effect in the movie. It was. That's a great montage um, sequence song for traveling. It is. Uh, and it actually, on it got to number seven on the Billboard charts, which is just one spot lower than the original, which came out in the 90s. Nice. Are there any other notable tracks on there? Any other yeah. singles? Or? The third single is Our Town, uh, performed by James Taylor, by, but written by Randy Newman. Oh, I thought I thought you meant like the play, like James Taylor performed the entire play Our Town. Yeah, and Randy Newman like adapted it. Or it, it was a weird bonus track on the cars. You remember when CDs used to have bonus tracks? That's what I this. Do was. I love that? Like you let a CD play until the end, and it like the album Tenacious D. Yeah, did that. Like, yeah, you let the last one. track just keep playing. After about four minutes, they start jamming uh, Malibu Nights. Which yeah, really exactly. Fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, So the other notable song on there that was not released as a single is another version of Route 66, but this time by John Mayer. So John Mayer's version. Okay. Yeah. So not a single, but they have that song in there twice 
And for me, the most exciting thing is that they have a Hank Williams song in the soundtrack that is playing in the background when uh, right before McQueen gets to Radiator Springs, you hear faintly on the radio uh, this Hank Williams song and proud Papa moment. Every time it comes on, Mel asks me, what is that? What is that song? And I'm a huge Hank Williams fan. So for me, I'm like, <laughs> Hank Williams. Hank Williams Sr., not Junior, not the third. Hank Williams Sr. So, so far, Cars is packing a stacked voice cast, mm-hmm. solid story structure. It's visually stunning. And the soundtrack is an absolute bop. You said that it was certified platinum. Yeah. And I mean, with you, know, you got Cheryl Crow, you got Hank Williams, you got uh, Randy Flats. Newman composing James <laughs> Taylor, Rascal Flats in there. Yeah. I, that has a wide appeal. Yeah, I can see that. If a ton of yeah. people are watching this movie in 2006, they're probably going to buy the CD so that they oh, can listen to it in the car where their kids are, you know, watching the DVD through the yeah. rest of the back seat. Yeah. Well, and even another one of my dad friends told me uh, recently that the reason he's trying to get his car, his kids into cars is because he likes the soundtrack and he wants huh. to be able to play it in the car and have them recognize it. So weird. I had no idea that that, that, that was yeah. such an in for people was the music of this one. Exactly. Huh. So good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. Oh, pop quiz hot shot. I, I might be able to get this. Let's all right. See. The movie cars holds two titles. It was the last of one thing and the first of another to Pixar. What was it? Okay. We, did, did we talk about it? It was the last Pixar movie and the first Disney Pixar movie. No, I mean, I can see what you're doing there. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's yeah. not that. It's not all right, that. It has right. nothing to do with their acquisition or creative projects before or after that. All right. So I'm totally wrong. What, so what is it? <laughs> You don't want to take any more guesses? No, no, I'm 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 lost. I, I want... 2006 we're talking is the year. Okay. Streaming is not thing yet. Ooh, okay. So is it the last? No, this can't be. It's is it's not the last movie they put out on DVD, is it? On VHS. Oh, on VHS. Cars is the Whoa! last Pixar movie to have Whoa! been printed on VHS. See, I didn't even think people were using and VHS. And it was the first of the the first of the movies to be put on DVD. No, no, the, the first, first to be put on Blu-ray. Oh. <laughs> Cars was the last VHS for Pixar and the, and first, the first Blu-ray, Blu-ray. For Pixar. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. I'm just I'm thinking back to 2006, and I we did have a VHS player in in our college apartment, so. I'm thinking about getting one. I don't have a ton of VHS tapes, but yeah, like I got a tag of Killer Tomatoes. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's I a few on there. Sometime. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> right? That's All right. True. Another pop quiz hot shot. Yeah. Late on me. All right. You like the soundtrack very much, right? I do. And you like the uh, Route 66 that is on there? <laughs> I mean, as much as I like anything. Yeah, sure. Ah, Okay. Um, it's actually a little known version of Route 66 that's being played on the Cars soundtrack. Which rock and roll icon, legend, heck, founder was responsible oh, yeah. for the version of Route 66 that we hear in the Cars soundtrack? Yes, it, it's Chuck Berry. 
Chuck Berry. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. You yeah. got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And funny note about that. Apparently, they, like Pixar was like, oh, man, we got to use this Chuck Berry version from this B side of this one, you know, yeah. like single he put out. And they go to Chuck Berry's estate. Like, hey, can we use this song? And they went, what What do you mean? That that exists? We, <laughs> we have that? They didn't know that they had that. So Pixar went asking for it. And that made them dig through the entire catalog. And they're like, yeah. oh, heck, yeah, we do have this. We oh, wow. This okay, cool. Yeah. So they revitalized that. Yeah, man, that soundtrack was pivotal that's, for a lot of people. Yeah. Started to think. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, oh, that's so funny. Can we throw some more trivia at the yeah, uh, late on there? Lay down there. All right. Yeah. Luigi's license plate 445-108. What is the significance of that, Dylan? Oh, I have no idea. It is yeah. the latitude and longitude for the main Ferrari factory in Modena, Italy. Oh, nice. Okay. That that's cool. I love that detail. Because yeah, Luigi like that. Yeah, is a character is obsessed with Ferraris. That's all he wants. He just wants to work on Ferraris. That's it. And McQueen is not a Ferrari, so he has zero interest. No, so he is disappointed. He's a race car, but he is not a Ferrari. Yes. Lovely. All right, what else you got? Uh, How many times have you seen the movie Cars? Uh, I can't. If you had to guess, because you've been watching it, you said, like, pretty frequently since the beginning of. Maybe twice a week for nine months. Twice Um, a week for nine months. Okay, so... Let's yeah. see. Nine months. We got four weeks in a month. Four times nine. You got thirty-seven. Right. Th- wow. The thirty-seven times two, six seventy. If you have watched Cars approximately seventy-four times in the last yeah, nine months, right. Dylan, how do you feel? You know, if I didn't like the movie so much, I'd be more opposed to it. But like I said earlier, it's it's one of those kids' movies I actually like, so I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. So Cars. We love it. Go watch it. Even if you're an adult and don't have a kid and you're listening to this, go watch it. Cars is great. Yeah, solid, it's great. Plus, you'll get stuff. all those Lightning McQueen memes going around yeah. if you're on the TikTok like I am. There is the new series that I haven't watched yet. Cars on the Road came out in 2022. That's why there's still Cars toys in store right now is because it's this new thing. So great for us because Mal loves cars. So we're able to actually go and not have to go find vintage 2006 cars toys. You know, we can go buy new stuff if we want to, if we so choose. Although we are, we have so many cars toys in our house right now that we're probably good for a long while. I feel like I never want to buy another toy again. As no, we as don't I either. Live. We don't either. We, we are, our houses are full of toys. So many toys, man. So many toys. I don't know how to handle So many it. toys. Our two primary, like, large toy bins. One is cars. One is dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah. We that's... also have a fair amount of cars that are dinosaurs, but I don't think we have any dinosaurs that are cars. Ah, uh, same. Because I consider, like, a Hot Wheel that's a Stegosaurus to be a Hot yeah. Wheel. Yeah. Not to necessarily be a dinosaur. Exactly. Yeah. And our, our third category is trains. All sorts of trains. Trains, planes, and cars. I, hey, you want to know another movie I haven't seen? Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I haven't either. What? You haven't seen it either? Oh, I feel good because everyone yeah. gives me crap about not having oh, seen no. that one. It, it, I have to watch it this summer, though, because I, I am trying to go through and watch all of Steve Martin's movies. All right. Uh, you and me, we'll get together. We'll eat yeah. some edibles, and we will watch Planes, planes trains, trains, and automobiles. And automobiles. Yeah. 
and we will finally be watching and talking about something that (laughs) That wasn't made for children. (laughs) So here's what we have to figure out, though. After we watch it, because you know who's in it, right? It's Steve Martin. You got John Candy, you got Steve Martin. Exactly. So who is among us? Who is Steve Martin? Who is John Candy? Personality. Well, I'm obviously John Candy, especially the uh, Uncle Buck. Personality-wise. Yeah, well, I mean, Uncle Buck. You'd be more Steve Martin, I think. I don't, maybe. I guess, I guess. We don't know. We haven't seen the movie, but. Of Steve Martin. Oh, I do too. Yeah. National Treasure. John Candy was too. I mean. Oh, John Candy. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Buck. Like the one day of shooting you did for Home Alone with Captain America. Oh, Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. Love it. Masterclass. We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on... Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.